I like this new TV series, Underground Railroad. I have watched three episodes. It is fascinating, very disturbing to me, and very revealing. The black, recently African people have become, I imagine, something new since transportation and enslavement. No first-hand memory of Africa. We hear it was beaten out of them where their lives must have been entirely different as free as any of us ever is before. Now they are a new human, or about to be new, on the verge, as it were. Why do we not imagine it this way, that, that time? Why wouldn't one study and speculate on what effect these histories have on the people that suffered them? Why invent a God who placed our suffering safely in notions of virtue? to be compensated after death, the undiscovered country? Why did some people accept this notion and become transcendent while others used its opiate appeal so cynically? I recognize the, the Europeans. They have become by this time entirely what they say they are in myth, children between God and Satan, Mistaking one for the other, as perhaps Christians are bound to do, or at least European Christians, fearful and brutal. It's hard to know when they became this culture, and how. Long before the time of the show, no doubt, these ways are practiced and second nature. So, it seems we have old humans and new ones. Did Christianity fasten itself to and merge with what had been before or entirely rearrange what we have come now come to imagine human beings to be? Not a happy lot. And in this fiction, do the African peoples, or by now African-American people, so recently enslaved and brutalized so horribly, stand in for the not-European? Do they absorb and become what the European is missing? Do they still? Do we still divide that way? It seems my culture, maybe all cultures, are obsessed with informing us who, and more importantly, what we are. The best way to control people is tell them what they are and measure them by that invention. How we should behave, feel, look, and relate to other self-inventors. When we wake up in mom's bed, we are just what? A son or daughter? And then the defining begins, whether mom is a monarch or a poor person. The education looks pretty oppressive. Lots of do not do that's. Then more of sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do. I remember a lot more no than yes. In the Underground Railroad, the people's, white people seem pretty devious, schizoid, demented, but driven, which can be good, I guess, relentless, steady, sustained, industrious, fastidious, um, angry, obsessive, hardworking, and well-dressed. And virtuous, the helpful ones, the ones stricken by conscience, but their lot is not to smile. They live in fear of their fanatical brothers and sisters. And it is all fiction. However, <clears throat> our qualities, good and bad, are unquestioned as human. After all, that is what all the effort and belief and rules is about. 
the clothes that cover us every inch, the ramrod backs, and the ink-stained Victorian fingers. I have done those tasks in life, the sitting at desks and copying outs of life. And there is a flush of satisfaction heading home after a day of work. In quotations, we have worked very hard to be what we are. And by its own rules, this is achievement with a capital A. It is success as we defined it over years of honing from Rome to Washington, D.C., Paris and London. We invented the human, the successful one, the good one, the deserving one. And we also defined the lower humans, the ones who did not do the tasks we assigned ourselves. We the, Today we call them work workers with a crazy ease. If they are workers, what are we? Are we not working on our devices? We say uh, we are at work, but do we say I am working, working on, at, for, towards, hard? Oh, you mean laboring. That is what workers do. This is very definitely the divide in the fiction that is the Underground Railroad. The black people suffer. They are made to suffer by their owners, suffer horribly, and the white people suffer too differently, less obviously, psychically, but in no sense of the word are either free. They are what they have been told to be. They are shaped by the rules of their gods and histories. I might even suggest they are enslaved by their gods and histories their heavily defined selves. I think I'm saying that what I watch very clearly is that the black characters are more human. In a sense, that is all that is left them. But from what we know, it is a fascinating legacy. The screen is full of manufactured and tightened people and other much more human people. Fiction, of course, but I am an actor, and some of us know when they, we are portraying the distorted man. The scripts, good and bad, are signposted with these distortions. The writer gives us signs of which of the three or four stock men we are to enact, or women. Sometimes we even imagine that the behavioral distortions are actual characteristics, human characteristics, revealing ones. Watching Denzel Washington play Macbeth was a revelation. The writer leaves clues all over the play as to who and what Macbeth is. Washington's performance is for me, and I have played the part, complete. I have seen a few white actors play the part, but never as completely. Macbeth must surrender, must be taken in. I bridled at this. Truly, I know I was not big enough to do that to be so ready to believe. It is strange because my culture prepares me entirely for this, but I cannot accept it, so I cannot play it. I have been told that I am an individual with free will. It takes a bigger man than I to actually do that. In my culture, the revealing of that kind of mesmerization by wife, witch, or fate can only be solved as operational ambition. I knew what I was doing. Denzel is a great, great actor, but something more is at work here. He can play the man complete. I am not qualified to know why exactly, but as, as in Underground Railroad and my strange take on it, I think he has more access to the human 
than my culture allows me. In the art, but in the living also. To dwell on Shakespeare and my gratitude to Mr. Washington, I realize my culture is obsessed with a rather strange version of individualism. This cultural imperative has always looked like just uneasiness in a crowd. We are uneasy in crowds. I think it is the lecturer's fear of the audience that obsesses so many daffodil educators. Listen to me and don't challenge me. I am the expert here. It says so after my name. What but culture gives him or her that expectation? Perhaps the notion of this fragile individual, this courtier, was created by some Renaissance sophist. Shakespeare might be full of these men and women, people who do not who do not what is expected of them, from Catherine to Juliet to Macbeth, and throw a gauntlet down before the societies they belong to. But Denzel seemed like every man, and so was deeper and again more complete. And the performance was released, the play was released and realized. The piece of fiction. There was a famous... An amazing Patrick Stewart version where one realizes without aid of a reviewer that he is doing Stalin. There it is in the mustache. And suddenly one realized what an ordinary man Stalin was, just another drone in his drony culture. However, once I felt that, I didn't need the play. I know what happens, and I felt little compassion for him. I thought, well, if that's the road you choose, you deserve what you get. I didn't feel that with Denzel. Perhaps I admire him more as an actor, so I am blinded. I am. We all are blinded. In this, we are individualistic in our blindness, but that is good, I think. I think I know why now. It is personal, but also in my culture's mistaking Dionysus for evil alone. And all goodnesses are in the virtues of Apollo, who is, by the way, angry all the time. The unbalanced end of the duality with Dionysus. And see, we think he is the mad one. We fear his mob rule because we don't understand him or it. We insist we are individuals. Apollo grants that, that kind of individualism, but the cost is terrible. It is authoritarian. Plague-tipped arrows if you defy him. But in the big pick, nothing useful that way comes. There is craziness, a, a craziness to individuality, a mistakenness, and it is mostly illusion anyway, a desperate sameness about trying to appear different or original. The two lead actors in Underground are pretty stunning. Lovely-looking people and talented, talented in that unencumbered way that is so restful to participate in. Thusu Mde... Mbedu and Aaron Pierre. Forgive my wretched pronunciation. I am left to wonder, watching the fiction that is Underground Railroad, can I look around me today in real life and see those behaviours and choices? I can and I do. It is why the show works for me. It is set long ago far away, but the motives and imperatives are still here, and the strange and phony behaviours and the delusions... Is the insurrectionist of January the 6th a Macbeth? Incapable of knowing himself enough 
to play the part well. Is this useful to me, to anyone today? Maybe, maybe not, but I think we might do well to challenge our books and culture creators to allow more completeness, to insist on such, not, to not insist on such strange distortion, so much denial or, of instinct and nature to be the success we insist upon that really is no success at all. The cultural conquerors of the past seem to have ended up in the same place. They cast themselves as the real humans. I don't think it is innate to Europeans only to do this, but they did it. Macbeth-like, they surrendered to something, probably something already there, that sense that one should be king, and did horrific things to get the crown. And now, oblivion. We might say it is a human possibility, the evidence is everywhere, but just because famous people seem to suffer a Macbeth syndrome, I don't think it is human nature. A thing just limped across my radar from a poor source that I hope is not a generally held view in the world of self-styled progressives, but I have my doubts that the right might move on from Trump, but their belief in disinformation their real demonic trait, their actual derangement, the source of their conspiracies will continue, in quotes. Ah, oh, well, let's have a wee butcher's hook at democratic struggles with reality. That this is in fact a democracy, that the constitution was written by progressives who simply exempted POC, poor whites, and um, women from their cabin of equality by mistake on a cloudy day while hungover, that the second amendment is just Fine, and gun violence will cease to be a problem once the right people own the right guns. Then, insult to injuries, imagining this differs from the NRA's take in any substantial way, that massive income inequality was allowed, monitored, and championed by Republicans only, or that $15 an hour, which you failed to make law, was anything more than a gesture. Finally, the fantasy that the U.S. is a beacon to the world. I do think MAGA's hankering for the 50s, the founder's great wet dream made real, repulsive. But I don't know what the Democrats call truth. Obamacare? The, de the delusion that greed will lead to unity by trickling down, that coddling corporate Democrats, your lords of the estate, who will scupper any real progressive that comes across their path and bring you Trump one and maybe two, is somehow evidence of an iron grip on reality? I do see it is called a dream, but calling the other side crazy and stupid with such glib and seeing no rose-tinted windshield in your own SUV as you navigate poor and crumbling neighborhoods doth suggest a beam in an eye. And later on this same day, the Republicans censure Cheney and Kinzinger for, conducting for conduct unbecoming a representative of the Republican Party for declaring that an attempted coup was conduct unbecoming. Since 75 million people voted for a man who would be king blatantly, are we comfortable declaring half the U.S. voting population misinformed? Misinformable? They and only they, though they spring from the same culture, the same God, 
are the ones gullible enough to sweep aside a democracy? Add Zuckerberg and Putin, and all is right in their hell-heaven scenario, their good guy, bad guy take, and lo, we are victims of the conspiracy our entire culture, entire, lives by. A very fine conspiracy on both sides, based on the myth of our humanity and their lack of it. And how do the Chinese make their decisions about the Uyghurs? from their buildings of state or their police barracks. Isn't that deciding that some other different group is enslavable, inferior, dispensable, wipe-outable, just pro projection by the stupid themselves? Do we not imagine that some group is bent on doing that to us?